Hi, welcome back. And so far we've covered the basics of ministry that were set forth in the definition of ministry that we've been using. But we've only begun to scratch the surface. What we want to do now is apply these basic principles to various aspects of Christian service so that you can use them in your life. And we've been emphasizing a very important statement, and that is that ministry is not something we do for God, but rather something that he does in and through us. And we have to make that distinction or we can get into trouble. Uh, for it is God who works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure, Philippians 2.13 tells us. And we have to remember that both the willing and the working come from God. And uh, what he has called us to do, we can do with his help, or he would not have called us to do it. He gives us the grace, the anointing, the resources, whatever we need to get the job done. All we have to do is answer the call, follow his lead, and trust in him. And uh, he will stand faithfully with us to make sure that we are successful in doing that which he has called us to do. Uh, he who calls you is faithful, who also will do it. First Thessalonians 5.24 And when we don't make this distinction, when we think we're doing our service for God, this is where we can end up in trouble. Because when when we think that way, then we look to ourselves for answers, for solutions. Uh, we want to come up with the answers to every situation we want to try to figure out how we're going to do this that God has called us to do uh, we look to ourselves our own resources and and this is where we get into trouble this is where pride can set in when we don't make this important distinction and um, we have to remember also that God will not get the glory in those situations because we will be looking to ourselves and we'll be giving ourselves the pat on the back when the job gets done if the job gets done. So never forget that. And um, another thing is that resistance can come into play here. Uh, when God calls us to do something, uh, he calls us to ministry, Christian service. Um, we may resist the call because we're looking to ourselves. Just like Moses in, in the record in Exodus 3 and chapters 3 and 4 uh, didn't Moses resist the call because he felt he couldn't do what God wanted him to do? In uh, Exodus 3.11, he says, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? Did he not argue that he was slow of speech and slow of tongue in Exodus 4.10? You see, wasn't he looking to himself? He was looking at his own inadequacies instead of looking at it uh, as God wanting to do something through through him and, and, and by him. And uh, isn't it true in our own lives if we, that we can do the same thing? We, when we think it's our service for God, uh, we can then resist the call the same way Moses did. But God, you know, God entertains resistance and questions and... Um, in Exodus 4.11, he gave Moses his answer. He said, you know, he gently reminded him that uh, he had made his tongue and could easily teach him what to say. And uh, 
isn't it easier if we just go along with the flow, you know, in the beginning? But what happens is, too, is if, you're, if your head is not in the Word of God, and if, if you're not looking at the Word of God, uh, you're not reading and studying the Word, and you're not walking the Word, and you're not walking by the Spirit, uh, then sometimes uh, the obstacle is that you're not sure that it's even God making the call. And also... Um, what can happen is when God calls you to an area of service that is not your primary area of gifting or it's outside of your comfort zone, then you have a tendency to resist when you think you're, it's a something that you'll be doing for God. But when you recognize that God wants to do a work through in and through you, then uh, you won't resist then you'll accept the call of God on your life and you will faithfully execute what he asks you to do, trusting in God to give you the grace and resources to get to get the job done. So it's a, it's a very important distinction that we have to make. And um, it's, it's really something that uh, is very important because we want God to get the glory <clears throat> for what we do. And he doesn't get the glory for something we didn't do, that he's told us he wants done, and we don't do it. He gets no glory from that, for sure. And uh, so resistance isn't really an unusual thing. I mean, we're all human. And it's, and again, Satan, we got Satan hitting us with uh, anything and everything to get us off track and to get us off plan. And sometimes it doesn't take a lot to get us off track, especially if you're in that position, you're where you're not really sure it was God, then it doesn't take much to really get you off. And, uh, you know, I think of analogy, uh, you know, again, we do these obstacle runs, these uh, races, and one of the obstacles is a, a balance beam. Savage Race has a balance beam, and they're very shaky and very difficult to maneuver. And as you're going across, this thing is shaking, and there's water down below. So if you fall, you're in the water. Now, what happens is they, uh, to make it interesting, they actually sell water balloons to spectators so that as participants are going across the beam, the spectators can throw water balloons to knock you off the beam. And let me tell you, it doesn't take much. One shot or even uh, even if you don't get hit with it, just the, the, the just knowing that it's coming is enough to knock you off. So, I mean, that's an analogy, but... Um, you know, we get the picture that Satan will use anything and everything and uh, will not take much to get you off. So um, it is an awesome thing to be God's servant and to do his will. And uh, the the Book of Common Prayer uh, says it like this. Christian service should not be entered into lightly or carelessly, but reverently, soberly and in the fear of God. So, you know, we should never take Christian service and ministry very uh, lightly. It should be just like marriage. Go into marriage uh, uh, with with focus, and you go into marriage uh, knowing that it's a lifetime commitment. You know, so it's a very um, you, you go into it reverently and soberly. So that, that's what we want to do with with uh, with ministry. And, uh, you know, it's one thing to resist the call of God on your life, but it's something else completely to refuse it. And uh, that's what Jonah did. 
Uh, read the book of Jonah if you haven't read that. Uh, he refused, and then God kept after him until he said a reluctant yes. And, uh, you know, even though he said yes in the end, reluctantly, uh, he had a steep, he paid a steep price for that, for that uh, resistance, or refusal, I should say. Moses resisted, Jonah refused, so he paid deeply for that. Um, if, if God has called you to minister, no matter what that ministry is, he hasn't made a mistake. God knows exactly what he's doing. And the best thing that we can do is gratefully submit to his will and trust him to work. Trust him to work, then give him the glory when the work is done. Simple. And I know it's, it's you know, it's, it's easier said than done, but <clears throat> this is why, again, you, I can't stress it enough that your head has to be in the Word of God. Because the more your head is in the Word of God, the easier this becomes, the easier it is to recognize God's voice. The, uh, you'll get to know how God works with, in your life. He, you know, he, he works with different people different ways, and you will get to know how he works with you then you will not refuse or resist the call because you'll know it's him. And hopefully at that point, you will eagerly accept what he's telling you he wants done. And, and remember that he, God prepares his servants long before he calls them. And uh, the preparation long, uh, belongs, begins long before birth. And um, your very genetic structure is ordained of God. Remember what he told uh, Jeremiah, because Jeremiah was a little hesitant too. And, and what did he tell Jeremiah? Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. In Jeremiah 1.5. And remember this. God, in your, um, God, in, in your, um, your bodily makeup, uh, in your uniqueness, again, we know that no two people have the same fingerprints. No two people have the same DNA. No two people have the same voice uh, qualities. No two people have the same uh, retina. Uh, you know, you see these retina scanners uh, that are used for identification purposes. So we know that. Well, what we may not know, and it's very interesting, is that no two people have the same brain wiring. Our brains are actually wired uh, differently. So no two people have the same brain wiring. And also, the way we learn um, is very unique. We each have our own unique learning pattern, thinking pattern. Um, uh, that's a word for another day, but just so that I just wanted to get that out because it's it's the uniqueness of the individual and God preparing the individual for what he's called you to do. He will give you the gift, the, the talents, the abilities in your um, in your makeup so that you will be able to uh, answer the call. Uh, your personality also plays into the mix. God gives you a personality uh, which will be conducive to the call on your life. So all these things come into play in God's preparation long before he even calls you. So 
pretty cool, actually, to know that we're uniquely made. And um, the purpose of our gift is to celebrate our differences, not minimize or squash it so that we can live in uniformity with everyone else around you. It's in our differences that we find greatness and can glory, glorify our creator. Very important, very cool. God is is really wonderful and, and amazing and and. He didn't miss a trick. I mean, there's no no beat missed with God, okay? You know, and again, we, we look to ourselves and we think about God like we think about ourselves and how man can miss things, and God doesn't miss anything. So everything about us is all in in the mix for what God will be calling us or what he has called us to do. And uh, what did David say about this? In Psalm 139.13 to 16, I'm going to read from the New International Version here. For you, for you created my innermost being, my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depth of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. So isn't it pretty cool that uh, God does not do anything uh, uh, that's not thought through? And he has everything formulated so that we can be successful in that which he has called us to do. And... Um, Pastor Warren Wearsby, uh, he has stated that uh, in this area, he's, what he stated was that, um, and, and many of us, we can relate to this maybe, and, and in your own situation, my own situation, we can relate to this, whatever works for you. But uh, it's, it's interesting that he talks about in his childhood how uh, he was frustrated because he didn't have the abilities that other boys had, especially in athletics. And in um, the manual arts, you know, like shop class, stuff like that. He was always chosen last for every team, he, he says. And uh, he only passes junior high school shop courses because of his two brothers that had previously gone before him. And the instructor liked them, so he passed him. You know, I don't understand that, but uh, this is what he said. And... Um, he, he goes into the fact that his childhood was very difficult for him. And um, he was very bitter sometimes with God. You know, why me, God? He would he would cry out to God. And, uh, you know, again, whatever relates uh, in, in, in your life, uh, whatever situation you can relate to. Um, but why is that? It's because he didn't prayer, prepare... Uh, him to be a athlete or a woodworker or even a mechanic. Uh, he prepared him to be a preacher and a uh, an author. And um, in his genetic structure, that is what God arranged for when he planned the genetic structure. Um, and he, he does the same thing for you. He does the same thing for me. And he knows what he's doing. So instead of complaining about what we don't have, let's thank God for what we do have and find out why he gave it to us. 
Uh, your abilities, your interests are also important part of the will of God for your life. And you stated a little bit about that before. Um, and again, the Ephesian part on our website. Um, and again, we would do this live, live too in small group sessions. Um, but we have the gifting tests, uh, surveys. We also have prof, uh, personality profiles on there. And there's also a, a survey which gets into uh, your interests and your abilities. And when you put all of this together, see, all of this w- works together to, form, to find out what you're gifted in, what areas you're gifted in, and everything should relate. And your abilities, your interests are all come into play in your call that God will have on your life. And it's very interesting when you go through this because it's it's right on. And another important distinction, Dr. Caroline Leaf in her brain studies, <clears throat> um, and I've been studying with her and, and her stuff for for years now, and it's it's really remarkable. But she also talks about um, talks about the uh, oh, man. I lost my train of thought. <clears throat> Oh, she talks about um, your interests and how, because she has a survey also that she goes through uh, in, in formulating your thinking or learning patterns, what, what your gifting is in the area of learning, how you actually learn. And it's very interesting because she separates uh, your natural abilities or interests and then she she has you do the same profile from a professional standpoint so like in your job you see you have to be able to separate this is very important because you will have natural abilities natural interests that God has ordained in your life in your very genetic structure so that your plan his plan for your life can be um can be uh, acted upon and and executed. But you will also have gifting areas of interest. You will have experience and possibly talent in an area that you've acquired because of your business, your your work. You needed to gain something, uh, some kind of experience. Um, So it's very important that you have to make a distinction there. What is natural and what is acquired? And um, just adds a little more confusion to the mix, but what the heck, you know? Um, but it is interesting. And um, when you get it down and get it right, um, you know, go with the flow, and, and God is great. Um, another um, another important consideration is that you, in your ministry, you must be yourself. You know. One of the tragedies is in the body of Christ today is that too many people are trying to be imitators. They try to imitate other people and especially the great people. You know, they try to intimidate, intimidate, imitate the great people um, instead of ministering the way God wants them to minister. There are actually churches who imitate larger churches. And, uh, you know, we, we talked about this in the very, I believe it was the introduction or the very first, uh, 
video we did in this uh, exploration, uh, we talked about this, that um, God does not want us to be imitators. And in management, this works in management also, uh, and we talked about this in one of the videos, that, you know, you can imitate. People try to imitate others. Churches try to imitate other churches. Uh, business people try to imitate other business people. And what they do is they just take it, uh, you know, what works over here, you bring over to your your business uh, or into your church, and you don't make any modification. You just take it. It works there. Well, let's work. do it over here. You make no modifications where you, what you need to do is take something from over there and, and look at the principles behind it. Why does it work? And then set it forth in your church, your organization, your business, and mold it to the situation in, in your individual situation and, uh, and do it that way. Um, and what, what can happen is that you could actually miss your calling by trying to be somebody else. You know, you try to do, you know, try to, you want to, you want to answer somebody else's call instead of your own. I guess that's a good way of putting it. Uh, you want to imitate them because they're being successful. But guess what? God calls each one of us and their success and you should, uh, you should also celebrate in their success, you know, celebrate their success, but not try to copy their success. You must operate in your gifting, in your ministry, the way God wants you to operate in your gifting, in your ministry. Now, you can also learn from these people. I mean, mentoring, um, if you, uh, if somebody mentors you, um, or you just see somebody who is successful, um, there's nothing wrong with learning from them. But what you want to do is learn why, you know, uh, why what they're doing is successful. Um, you know, what is the basic principles behind it? Um, what makes that work? You know, um, and basically it's um, you want to take the good, like like how they how they uh, their work ethic, you know, um, or you know, somebody who who is successfully working for the Lord, uh, God working in and through them will always give God the glory, and you will see that. Just that alone is something that you can take from that. But the, the, the point is, I, I don't know, I'm beating around the bush kind of here. <clears throat> the point is, is that you got to be unique in what you are and what you do, and God doesn't want to destroy your uniqueness by you trying to be somebody else. Um there are people who make a good living in the business world um, by copying or imitating celebrities. Okay, so we're talking about it. celebrity impersonators. Uh, one of the, the the most famous celebrities that gets impersonated, of course, is Elvis Presley. Um, I mean, everywhere you go, there's an Elvis impersonator, and uh, these people make a good living because they're copying, imitating. Uh, somebody who was successful. Uh, but what if, what if, you know, Elvis had set up this, uh, vault or, you know, whatever. But he sets up a vault and he's got all this treasure in there, all this good stuff in there. And it's, you know, by fingerprint or retina scan or, or, 
or voice analysis or all of the above. And what happens when the best Elvis impersonator, who's doing quite well financially because they're impersonating him, what happens now when they go to the um, the vault and try to get in and uh, get all that treasure that's laid up in there? They will fail because they're not the original. And um, we can be cheap imitations or we can be priceless originals. And it's it's our choice which one we want to be. And if you think about it, uh, uh, another, probably the first great impersonator, or not impersonator, but the, the first great uh, imitator uh, was, was Satan. I mean, he was... Uh, he's he's a phony, put it that way. He's not real. Uh, he was he had all this beauty, and he got formed and gave him created him with all this beauty, and he led uh, uh, praise and worship, and um, he wasn't happy in his gifting. Uh, I mean, he was top dog there. Other than you know, I mean, of course God was over him, but he was the top of all these angels, and he led the praise and worship, and he was beautiful and gorgeous and. But he wasn't happy with that. He he wanted the gifting. Of, he wanted what God had. He wanted to be like God. He wanted to get that worship. And, um, you know, we can't, you know, we can't want that in our lives. We can't want or covet somebody else's gift. We have to be ourselves and be our best selves for God. And God will use you in a special way when you are your best self. Um, God didn't take all this time to prepare you. Um, with what he's given you and preparing you genetically and everything else for you to now go out and try to be somebody else. So this is a problem in the body of Christ. Um, and obviously, if everybody was doing what they're supposed to be doing in the body of Christ, then uh, we would be functioning on all cylinders and things would be getting done to the glory of God. And, um, you know, there's some headway being made, but uh, clearly this is not uh, being executed the way God wants it executed at this point. So another thing is that uh, you want to build on your strengths. And uh, especially now for, let's talk about leadership for a minute. If you're in any kind of position of leadership, uh, you want to build on your strengths, and then you want to ask God for helpers uh, who can compensate for those areas that you're you're weak. So you want to surround yourself with people that complement your gifting. Um, and this works in the business world as well. Uh, no matter where you are as in a leadership capacity, if if you surround yourself with people that will complement what you bring to the table, then you will have a very successful organization. Now, what happens is um, because nobody's perfect, um, nobody can do everything. You see, and this is the whole design for the body of Christ. Uh, you know, one person cannot do it all, but everybody working together, uh, executing their gifting and plan for, for that God has called them to, uh, the, then, the, then God's work gets done and he gets the glory. Um, but what happens is when you try to be somebody else, um, then that job doesn't get done. Maybe. And and it's not it's not best. And um, what happens is think about it like this. You you have a pastor. I'll give you an analogy. Let's say you have a pastor who is a good singer. And uh, then you have your praise and worship team who 
uh, supposed to lead praise and worship, but now you have the pastor leading praise and worship, not giving the uh, praise and worship team the capacity to lead the praise and worship, then it's not the best situation. And what happens is uh, creativity gets lost in a case like that. Uh, and then what happens is when one person tries to do too much, if that person is not there, then the whole thing falls apart. And this was a uh, business uh, a business principle that we used to use. Um, and and a saying, a very important statement in the in the management world is um, a barometer of how good your operation is. Um, how good you can tell how good your operation is by how well it runs when you're not there. You see, because if you try to do everything. Uh, when you're not there, those things will not get done. And this is what can happen in a church, and it can happen in any organization. Um, and you may have people that are good in more than one area, and that's great. But uh, basically, um, not everybody is good at everything. So you'll have pastors that are good at pastoring that can't follow a budget if their life depended on it. You'll have uh, missionaries who cannot preach. You could have preachers that can't teach. You could have teachers that can't um, sing. And, you know, you know, put in your own thing here. Um, but basically, God dealt to each one of us um, our strengths. And we should be supporting other people. We should be complimenting other people. And then we could have a successful uh, operation. Um, uh, ba, ba, ba. And again, we were all born with different interests and abilities, and when we were saved, we were given different gifts. And again, though, I can't stress it enough that God will use all your 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 abilities. When you get saved, He gives you the Holy Spirit who will guide you and lead you. You have your natural abilities. Um, that uh, so that we can fill the place he has for us and do the job he wants us to do and and your 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 spiritual the spiritual end of this will will work together with your natural abilities and um, we can get the job done and um, what happens again is if we don't if we try to do something that we're not supposed to be doing then then things can fall apart and there's always you. It's always human nature that uh, we want to have what the other person has. I mean, that's the way it is. That's Satan was the original. Uh, he wanted what God had. He wasn't happy with being the best that he could be, and with all his, you know, uh, greatness, he wasn't happy with that. You know, he wasn't happy leading praise and worship. He wanted to receive the praise and worship. Yeah, and this is, and, and we got this from him, you know, human nature. We got this from him. And uh, he was prideful, and he wants us to be prideful. Because when he sees us enjoying God's presence, and he sees us enjoying God's uh, talking well about us, and he he sees God getting the glory from our service, he it just uh, ticks him off because he knows he was in a great position um, and he gave it up. He gave it up because he wanted it all. And um, 
the best thing I can tell you too is that um, some people have more than one talent. Some people may have multi-talent, might be multi-talented and do all these things well. And this is what God has called them to do, more than one thing well. Then there may be somebody that may only have one talent. And, and whatever it is that God gave you, whatever uh, abilities and talents and calling he has given, whatever he's called you to do and whatever abilities he's given you to do, you got to be the best you you can be in that regard and then help somebody else be the best be best me that those person can be um and and don't covet other person's gifts and the best thing is that <clears throat> when you do that and you're trusting god god gets the glory and guess what the rewards in the end and our heavenly rewards will be the same whether you have one talent or ten if it's what god has called you to do your reward will be the same as the ten. So, you know, God is not a respecter of persons, but he wants you to do what he has called you to do. He will judge you by what he's called you to do. You know, I mean, we want to be up there when he calls us back, and uh, we want to be. A, we want to hear him say uh, that we were faithful servants, and he got glory from whatever we did. So, anyway, I know I beat around the bush a couple times here today, but I hope, hopefully... Um, Hopefully a message got across, and um, all I can say is uh, be the best that you could be. Serve God with, with love in your heart. Help other people achieve their goals for uh, their lives, and, uh, you know, serve God the best way that you can, but recognize that it's Him working in and through you, and not you working uh uh, for him. Uh, it's him working in and through you. So anyway, have a great day. Have a blessed week. And uh, thanks for tuning in. God bless.